0: For our scripture reading this afternoon, we turn to Psalm 112. Our text will be in Proverbs chapter 20, but in connection with that text, we read Psalm 112. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon earth, the generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. He hath dispersed he hath given to the poor, his righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Now let's turn to Proverbs chapter 20 for our text. So we will be considering Psalm 112 as well. The text is Proverbs 20, verses 6 and 7. Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. The just man walketh in his integrity, his children are blessed after him. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, who can find a faithful man? A few weeks ago, we began the sermon with a very similar question, maybe you recall. The question was, who can find a virtuous woman, for her price is far above rubies? This afternoon, we begin with this similar question, also found in the Word of God. The question is, Who can find a faithful man? Just as the book of Proverbs contrasts the virtuous woman with the strange woman, as we have seen, it also contrasts the good, faithful man with the wicked, foolish man. The book of Psalms also contains this contrast. You can find it in many Psalms, including the one which we read. But you can also find it in Psalm 37. There we read in verse 23 The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And in verses 37 and 38, Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together, the end of the wicked shall be cut off. So we find in Scripture, in the Psalms, and the Proverbs, this contrast. On the one hand, the good man. On the other hand, the evil man. On the one hand, the wise. On the other hand, the foolish And so forth. But the question that we face this afternoon, the question of our text, is who can find such a man? Is there such a man anywhere in the world? And as we saw regarding the virtuous woman, so also with regard to the faithful man, he is very precious, he is very rare. He is very hard to find in this wicked fallen world. But he is not not to be found. He does exist in the world and he can be found. But he can only be found in the congregation of those who profess faith in Jesus Christ. The faithful man who we consider this afternoon, the good man, is the man that we men ought to desire to be. This is the man that you young women ought to desire to marry. This is the man that you, if you are married to one, ought to be appreciative of and thankful for to the Lord. This is the man whom, if he is your father or your grandfather, you children ought to rise up, and honor him, appreciate him, and give thanks to God for him. Above all, this man is a beloved son of Jehovah God through Jesus Christ. Let's consider together the preciousness of a faithful man this afternoon. Notice, first of all, God's creation of a good man. Secondly, God's description of a faithful man. And finally, God's blessing on this man. Who can find a faithful man? Who can find a good man in the midst of this world? The very existence of such a man, which we asserted in the introduction, is a testimony and a proof of the fact that God is graciously creating, out of the old mankind, a new mankind. Now, God created a good man already in the beginning. In the very beginning of history and of the world, God created a good man. In our text, the word for men is in the Hebrew, Adam. The word Adam is in our text. And the word Adam means man in the Hebrew language. When God created the first man in the beginning, he named him Adam, which is to say the name of the first man was simply man. His name was man. God created that man, that first man, good, and in his own image and likeness, in righteousness and in holiness, as a reflection of And a likeness of God Himself, and of the goodness of God, and the righteousness of God. Adam was the first father, the first husband that ever existed on this planet. And he was a good man, he was a just man, he was a godly man, he was a kind man. And that first father would have brought forth children who would have become good men as well, just men, righteous men. But Adam did not remain faithful. He fell into sin. He disobeyed his father in heaven. He ate the forbidden fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when he did that, he who was a good man fell and became an evil man. He became so evil in himself that he was totally depraved, totally corrupt, totally incapable of doing anything good anymore. He became a sinner. He became everything that the scriptures describe when they speak of a wicked man, a foolish man, a slothful man, an arrogant man. That's what he became. He became a proud man, so sinful and so blind by nature, and he was only able to bring forth now children who would also be evil, proud, and blind. So proud and so blind that, as we read in our text, most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. We could translate the text this way, many a man or many an Adam many a son of adam will proclaim every one his own goodness that describes the pride of us men by nature many a man look around and you find many a man many a son of adam who loves to broadcast his own goodness who loves to sing his own praises who loves to boast and to brag about all of his achievements who loves to take away glory from God and heap it unto himself, who does things in order to gain praise of men. Many a man, like that Pharisee in Jesus' parable, who when he went up into the temple of God, mind you, he stood in the temple of God himself, and yet he prayed with himself, I thank thee that I am not like other men, because I don't do any of those sinful things, But I do all of the good things, whereas the publican was crying out for mercy upon him, a sinner. Many a man can be found in the world who is boastful, arrogant, and who loves to sing his own praises. Such a man is not faithful. That's the contrast in the text. Most men or many a man will proclaim his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find... The man who boasts of his own goodness is not faithful. By faithful here we mean trustworthy. You can't trust a man like that. Because if he's always boasting about his accomplishments and achievements, it makes you wonder why he does those things. What motivates him? Why does he do good deeds? Why does he do generous things? No doubt because he wants the praise of men. But that means he's not faithful. He doesn't, it means he won't do good deeds all the time. He only does them when people are watching. He only does them when people will acknowledge him, when he can brag about it to others. But those good deeds done in secret that nobody sees and nobody knows, he's not interested in those kinds of deeds. He's not faithful, and therefore he can't be trusted faithful man who can find. Such are the sons of Adam. Such are we, brothers, by nature. So that, as we read in Psalm 14, verse 3, God looked down from heaven to see if there were any good men, but they are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. God looks down from heaven and he sees there is not one good man. Not one. But according to his own eternal plan and purpose, God determined not to leave it that way. But he determined to send into the world a perfect man. A man so good that he never once did anything evil, never once did anything wrong. A man so wise that he never once would make a single foolish decision. A perfect man. And God determined that that man would be his own son come into human flesh. When the first Adam fell, God sent the last Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ, And now when the scriptures and the Psalms and the Proverbs say, Mark the perfect man, the scriptures are telling us, first and foremost, take note of Jesus Christ. Fasten your eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a perfect man. There is a good man. There is a just man and a wise man. The Lord Jesus Christ was good And faithful and just in all of his life and in his death. He was faithful and good when he was in the public eye. When everybody was looking at him and observing him and listening to him. He was good then, but he was also good when nobody was watching. When nobody was there to analyze and evaluate his words and his actions. He was faithful. He was obedient at all times. He was faithful on the inside as well as the outside. What you saw and heard on the outside was true on the inside. He was a man of integrity, a man of honesty, a man of perfect goodness. And he was faithful and good all the way to the cross because his father sent him into the world with the mission of laying down his life for all of us evil men whom he had chosen to salvation. And for those sinful women whom he had chosen. He sent his son to become a man. A real man. The greatest man. And he was obedient to the death of the cross. He was courageous in the face of the wrath of God. And the curse that he had to bear for us. All the way to the cross he walked in his goodness and righteousness and obedience until shedding his precious blood on the cross, to the very bitter end, he accomplished the greatest achievement of all, the salvation of God's people. So the apostle writes in Hebrews 3, Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. Moses was a faithful man. Moses was a good and meek man. But the apostle says, consider Christ Jesus. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. Who can find a faithful man? Whosoever findeth the Lord Jesus Christ has found a faithful man. Whoever lays hold upon Jesus lays hold upon a good man. Whoever trusts in Christ has found a just man. And oh, how precious that man is. If we preach this afternoon about the preciousness of a faithful man, we preach, first of all, the preciousness of Christ. And we point ourselves to Christ. He is a just man. And by faith in him, we become just men too. By faith in him, we are justified so that we become just, righteous, and forgiven. But God does not stop there. God is gracious and merciful toward us men not only to forgive our sins and justify us through his blood, but also to create us into new men, good men. God is gracious to do that to us and in us and through us. Who can find a good man, a faithful man? Can there be found in the world after Jesus Christ anyone who is a good man? In this fallen world of sinful, corrupt, evil men, can there be found any good men? By the regenerating, converting, sanctifying grace of God, there are good men. By the grace of God alone. These are men who are not good in themselves, as we have just shown. They are Depraved in themselves. They are sinners in themselves. But God, in His grace and mercy toward them, has sent the regenerating Spirit into their hearts to create them into a new creature. Just as He created Adam in the beginning, He creates these, His beloved sons, into new men, real men, godly men, through regeneration. And then through his converting spirit, that same spirit who now dwells in the heart of that man, converts him so that he who formerly loved evil now loves what is good. So that he's able to say, the evil that I would not, that I do, but I delight in the good. I want to do the good. I love what is good and right and pure and lovely. This is the sanctifying spirit of God that creates good men. These good men, as long as they live in this world, fall into sin. They still fall into sin. They're faithful men, not faithful in themselves, but faithful by the grace of God. And they long to be faithful. They want to be good men. They have in their hearts the desire to be a good man, a good husband, a good father, a good leader. But they do still fall into sin. These are men who do not want to proclaim abroad their own goodness. But sometimes they do. In a moment of pride, they might speak up, And draw attention to themselves, in an attempt to bring attention to themselves, and in an attempt to bring praise to themselves, some way or other. They do that. But when they do that, the Holy Spirit humbles them. The Holy Spirit pricks them in their heart so that their conscience accuses them and they repent. They humble themselves before God from their pride. Their their heart, their conscience smites them. And they realize how proud they have been, how foolish they have been to, to proclaim their own goodness as if they've done something to make themselves different from others. And they repent. They say, oh God, be merciful to me, be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. I've just revealed again how sinful I am, how proud I can be, and how boastful. And then the Lord says, I forgive you, my son. And now listen to me, my son. Proverbs 27, verse 2 says, Let another man praise thee and not thine own mouth, a stranger and not thine own lips. If anyone is going to praise you, let it be someone else. Don't proclaim your own goodness. Proclaim the goodness of God, always. You know, that word goodness in the text is the Hebrew word usually or often translated mercy. And usually in reference to God. Imagine us proclaiming our own mercy, our own goodness, our own loving kindness when the scriptures everywhere testify of the goodness and mercy and kindness of the Lord. But the good man is one in whom the Holy Spirit works so that in his heart throbs the desire to give glory to God, to proclaim not his own goodness, but the goodness of God the mercy of God to him in Jesus Christ. And notice in Psalm 112, which we read, the very first word of that psalm, that psalm that goes on to describe the good man, the faithful man, in all of the details of the description, the very first sentence of that psalm is praise ye the Lord. That's where it begins, that's where it ends. Praise ye the Lord, give glory to God. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. God describes this good and faithful man, which is his own handiwork, in the scriptures as well. God describes this man who is so precious to his wife, to his children to his grandchildren, to his friends, and to his fellow church members. He describes him in the text and in Psalm 112. Notice in Psalm 112 that description. Praise ye the Lord, blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. And in our text, Proverbs 20 Verse 7, the just man walketh in his integrity. The faithful man is one in whom God works so that he fears the Lord and delights greatly in his commandments and walks in his integrity. He's a man of integrity. Now, if you would ask one of us to describe what we consider to be a real man, a good man even, the kind of man that we would admire, the kind of man we would like to imitate, how would we describe such a man? I think if you would have caught us off guard, not prepared for that question, in a moment of a given day, we would probably say, well, according to our own cultural values, I think a good man is a hard worker, or I think a good man is a good scholar, or I think a good man is a man who knows how to use his charm and his wit. He's a real manly man. He he is a man who, who commands attention from other men. Men want to be like him. Men want to be him. And women want to have him. That's a worldly value. In the world, men look up to and admire the man who can drink the most beers. Or the man who has the biggest truck. Or the man who makes the most money. Or the man with the best looks. Or the man who is the best hunter in the field. Or, in other circles, they might look up to and admire the man who is the best scholar, the most respected man in the academy, or who writes the most amazing books, the man with the master's degree and the Ph.D. in science and history or whatever. The doctor, the lawyer, and so forth. God describes the good and faithful man that he creates by those simple phrases he's a man who fears the Lord and delights greatly in his commandments and walks in his integrity that's a good man that's the kind of man we should desire to be nothing else That's the kind of man young women should desire to marry. That's the kind of man that we should respect. That's the kind of man that we should be appreciative of. The word integrity comes from a Hebrew word that means to be complete. Integrity is completeness, wholeness. For example, in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 23 and 24, Paul prayed, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. A man of integrity. A man who is complete. Soul, spirit, body, God is sanctifying him in all aspects of his life, in all aspects of his being, and in all of his callings. Consider just a few examples of integrity. A man of integrity is one who is not slothful when nobody is looking. But then, as soon as someone is watching, he suddenly becomes very busy. But, he's a man who, when someone is looking or when they are not looking, is working diligently because by faith he serves the Lord Christ and he knows that's my master who is always watching me. And so in his hard work ethic, he supports his family, his children, his wife, the church, and the poor. Or secondly, a man of integrity is not a man who is blaspheming the name of God at work and at home But then when he comes to church, he sounds like the most pious person of all. But he's a man who at home, at work, at church, and wherever he is, manifests the desire to do all for the glory of God. He manifests a sincere desire to glorify God by his words and deeds. Or in the third place, a man of integrity is a man who does not Talk sweetly to your face and then mock you behind your back. But he is a man who strives to speak with truth and love sincere to your face and when you're not around. Or, in the fourth place, a man of integrity is a man who doesn't pretend to be someone or something that he's not. He's not a man of pretense. He's not a man of show. He's not a man who is fake and phony. But he shows you who he really is. And he endeavors to be himself, to be honest and true and sincere and genuine. That's a man of integrity. He's complete. God is sanctifying him wholly in every aspect of his life. Or in the fifth place, it's a man... Who is faithful to his wife, who took vows to his wife on their wedding day, and he is faithful to her. He strives, although he sins against her, he strives to be faithful to her, to keep his vows. He's not a man who runs around with other women, hoping that no one will find out, but he's faithful to his wife. He's a man of integrity in his marriage. He's a man of integrity in his family. And when he does sin against his wife, and the Lord humbles him, a man of integrity apologizes to his wife. He says, I'm sorry. I should not have said that. I should not have done that. Please forgive me. And he strives to change his bad behavior. A man of integrity is one who faithfully raises his children, he's consistent. He's complete in that. Not that he's perfect, but that he strives more and more to pay attention to every aspect and every need of the upbringing of his children, their spiritual needs, their physical needs, their needs in the home and the school and the church and in their friendships and relationships and when they're dating. He pays attention to the upbringing of his children and strives to raise them right. His yes is yes, Is no, is no, a man of integrity. Furthermore, God describes the faithful man in the psalm that we read as a generous and gracious man. We read in verse 4 He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man showeth favor and lendeth, he will guide his affairs. With discretion. In Psalm 37, we read this about the wicked man The wicked borroweth and payeth not again, but the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. Psalm 37, verse 26, He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. We see a parallel here with the virtuous woman. You may recall that the virtuous woman, Proverbs 31, verse 20, is a woman who not only cares for her family, cares for her children and her husband in the home, but she also stretcheth out her hand to the poor and reacheth forth her hands to the needy, the virtuous woman. Well, the faithful man does that too. And so the faithful man and his virtuous wife, they're in harmony in their finances, they're in harmony in prioritizing the finances of the home and knowing that we seek first the kingdom of God with our money and that we give generously. This man with his wife remembers that I am a steward of everything that I have. God has given me my job, my income, the money in my bank account and in my retirement funds, all of my savings, everything I have comes from the Lord. And although he sins with his money, he is sometimes foolish, he sometimes wastes, he often spends it on himself, just like all of us, yet he is gracious and generous. He strives to be compassionate and merciful to the poor. He's constantly challenging himself to give more, to give to more causes as he is able, according to his ability. He remembers the poor. He remembers the needy. He does not forget about them. Those who are in the church and those outside the church. And the scriptures point out that the faithful man, he lends to the man who asks to borrow when he is able to do it. Our Lord Jesus teaches that too in the Sermon on the Mount. Give to him who asks. And from him who would borrow from you, do not turn him away. The faithful man, when he is approached by a needy brother or a needy neighbor asking to borrow from him, and he's able to do it, he lends to him and he gives to him and he doesn't charge excessive interest called usury in Scripture. He doesn't use that man in order to rich himself, uh, enrich himself. He doesn't make himself rich off the back of the poor. But in his generosity, in his compassion, he lends and he is patient with the man to repay the, the debt. Like in the parable of our Lord. Not the unmerciful Lord who demanded that he, or the unmerciful servant who demanded that his creditor pay him back after he had been forgiven so much. The faithful man remembers how much he has been given and how much he has been forgiven. And he gives freely and generously, not in a hurry to have the debt paid back. The faithful man is gracious and merciful and kind, not only to the poor and the needy out there, but always, first of all, within his own family. The scriptures say that a man who doesn't take care of his own family is worse than an infidel. He's gracious to his wife to give her things that she needs and things that she asks for. To give to her abundantly. To give to her generously. He gives to his children. He gives gifts to them. Remembering how many good gifts the Lord has given to him. He doesn't just give them the bare bread and water but he abundantly provides them with their needs and much more. This is the faithful man, generous, merciful. He guides his affairs with discretion, the psalm says. He has wisdom and discretion. He's not just throwing his money away. He's a man with good wisdom and discretion. So that as a steward of God's good gifts, he is careful with every cent that he uses, that he strives to use it to the best of his ability, for the good of others. In the third place, the psalm points out that a faithful man is one who shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established, he shall not be afraid, until he see his desire, Upon his enemies. The children of this man have confidence in him. They have confidence in their father because he has demonstrated time and time again that he's not afraid of evil tidings. He's not afraid of an evil report. He's not afraid of trouble when it comes. Now, we men know very well that we often are afraid. We are often troubled. We do become anxious we do have times of weakness. But when the psalm says that he's not afraid, the idea is that when evil tidings come, when we hear the report of a loved one who has just contracted terminal cancer, when we hear the evil tidings of war broken out on our shores, when we hear the evil tidings of economic disaster looming on the horizon, then we go to the Lord with our fears and anxieties. And we put our trust in Him. Our heart is fixed, fixed on the Lord. And we trust in Him. And our children might not always see that because that's our spiritual relationship with the Lord. But a faithful man is one whose heart is fixed on God and who trusts in Him. So that through fervent prayer and supplication, laying out before God his fears and his concerns and his needs, he beseeches the Lord to give him courage to strengthen him in the midst of trouble. It's a man whom the Lord makes known to him his love. And as John writes, perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear has torment. Fear is tormented by the thought of eternal destruction. But the faithful man is the one who knows the love of God in Christ. And the knowledge of that love casts the fear away. Every time he lays hold on that love, it casts the fear away. So that it can be said about him he's not afraid. He's a man who confesses, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. It's a man who is not easily moved or dislodged from his faith, even when political upheaval and revolution rage around him when the culture, as in our time, changes, when the culture turns against us, when eventually persecution comes and shoves us to the exterior of society, when famine breaks out and pestilence, he's not afraid. But he leads his wife and children with courage, trusting in God. Such and much more is God's description of the faithful man. God blesses this man. And God blesses his children after him. That's what we read in our text in verse 7. His children are blessed after him. His children are blessed. Brothers, isn't that what we desire? Isn't that what we desire in terms of this life more than anything? It is vain to heap up riches. It is vain to heap up possessions. It is vain to seek the praise and the glory of men. It is vain to maximize the pleasures and treasures of this life. That's all vanity. It will all disappear as a vapor but to know that God blesses me and my children and my children's children after me that's what we desire that is of real worth and value for all eternity Psalm 112 says his seed shall be mighty upon earth The generations of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Proverbs 13, verse 22 says, A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. Will we leave an inheritance to our children? What inheritance will we leave to our children? Wealth and riches, a great portfolio, an estate, or perhaps only a little of this world's goods. That may be, but it's not talking about that kind of inheritance. A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, an inheritance that passes to his children and to his grandchildren and great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren, if the Lord is faithful, and if the Lord wills, down to a thousand generations. That's a spiritual inheritance. A good man, a faithful man, God promises to bless his children after him to make them mighty. I love Psalm 127 when it says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Blessed is the man who hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemy in the gate, because each of those children is like an arrow in the hand of a mighty man. They are mighty. The children of this man are are mighty mighty in battle, mighty in wisdom, mighty in the Lord, and they are rich. doesn't matter if you have much or little of this world's goods. The children of the faithful man will be rich because they had a father who loved them, who loved them so much. That he didn't just put food on the table and clothes on their back, but he brought them to Jesus. He brought them to Scripture. He brought them to prayer. He led them by his example. He passed down to them the precious and goodly heritage that his parents passed to him and their parents before them. He passes it down to them. And they receive that inheritance. And don't you love Psalm 128, which says, Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. He shall eat of the fruit of his labors. Blessed and happy shall he be, his children, like olive plants gathered around his table. His wife, like a fruitful vine by the sides of the house. Thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless him out of Zion, and he shall see the good of Jerusalem all the days of his life. Yea, he shall see his children's children, and peace upon Israel. Isn't that the blessing that you want, brothers? For your family, for your children, for your grandchildren. Everything else is vanity. But that abideth forever. Who can find a faithful man? Have you found one? Have you found a faithful man in the Lord? Has God given to you a faithful husband? faithful father, faithful grandfather. He has. For many of us, he has. What a cause for thanksgiving. What a reason to give thanks to God. Every single one of those men, sinners saved by grace in the process of sanctification is a creation of God's grace. And God gives them to us to be a blessing to us. And so, brothers, today is not a day for our praise. It's not a day for us to be puffed up. Father's Day is Father's Day, as every day is. God our Father, to him be all the praise and all the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our gracious God and Father, we give thanks to thee. For although we often sin against thee, thou art faithful. And even as we see this description of a faithful man, the man whom thou dost bless, we see in our own families and our own experiences much, perhaps, that we wish was different. And yet, O God, we give thanks to Thee for all that is good, for all that Thou hast given us as a blessing. And we pray that Thou would preserve the faithful brethren here, that we would walk in Thy precepts and teach our children likewise to give all glory unto Thee. Go with us now, with Thy blessing. Continue to build up our homes. In Jesus.